0: Hello, hello, it's Sunday night, and I just got out of the movie The Way Back with Ben Affleck, uh, starring Ben Affleck, and um, I just, I had to come back and immediately start talking about this movie because I started listening to some other reviews and podcasts on the way home, and they just enraged me, (laughs) and so I had to come back and actually talk about this movie in a way that um, someone that has watched someone suffer in the way that this movie is trying to portray so that I can actually talk about it because the 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 reviews that I heard in the in the podcast really did not understand what this movie was truly about and it was kind of sad to listen to it because it was just it just shows a such a lack of empathy for what this movie was about, and I just I had to come back and counteract that. Uh, this movie actually has eighty eight percent positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's gotten ex, you know tremendous reviews, and there's a lot of reasons why. Um, first of all, the the Way Back um, is directed by Gavin O'Connor, and it stars Ben Affleck as uh, Jack Cunningham, and this character is an alcoholic who is, works in construction, spends his Every single waking moment of his life, drinking beer and um, alcohol. Um, he is actually asked to come back to his high school alma mater, where he was once the star basketball player and the athlete that was there um, and coach this basketball team. That's for a small Catholic school, and his uh, the guy that runs it um, asked him to come back um, after the head foot or the head basketball coach has a heart attack and isn't able to come back and coach the team and. Um this movie was one of the reasons I wanted to see it was because I knew that there was a lot of Ben Affleck's real life struggles in this movie. And um as someone that has watched Ben Affleck and so many other men especially in this country struggle with with walking away from marriages and walking away from families and stuff as a result of either addiction, or not being able to discuss their issues, um, or their emotions, or whatever happens, you know, Ben Affleck was one of those people, and so for me, when I saw this movie, and it was advertised, I I just really knew that I had to see it, Um, you know, my own personal situation, being what it is, um, being divorced, and, um, you know, kind of having experienced a little bit of this, it was really uh, something that I felt was very important to go see, so I kind of looked a little bit up into... because I didn't know at the time of filming um, where Ben Affleck actually was in his rehab journey. Um, we know that Ben Affleck has been in the news a lot lately talking about um, his being an alcoholic, struggling with addiction, and what he lost with when he walked away from his family. So, we know that this is something that he's coming to terms with in his own personal life. What I didn't know is at the time that this movie was actually filmed, how much of his struggle he was actually in at the time, and how much of that came through. So, in an interview that I saw with Gavin O'Connor, he actually said that the first day of shooting this movie where Ben Affleck was actually being filmed, he checked out of rehab to come be a part of this movie. He said he did that on purpose. This was something that was very raw for him, going through the struggle of coming out of an, addic- an, an addiction, um, this time around in rehab, it was really important that he captured the, the rawness of what it was feeling like for Ben at the time. And I thought that was just spectacular. And I thought that Ben Affleck, even agreeing to do this at all, and, and that, because being in, being in rehab, I've never personally been to rehab, But being in rehab and and coming out of an addiction like that is hard as it is. I could not imagine what strength it took to actually play this role. So, kind of going a little bit into what this movie is really about. I know that it might seem like this is a sports redemption movie. We have the coach, we have the failing basketball team that's not doing well. And he's going to come in and save them all and they're going to win the championship and everything is going to be hunky-dory. And that is not the movie that this is. So if you're going to see an uplifting sports movie, that is not what you're going to find in this movie. Um, This is not a movie that you go to to be entertained and to find a lot of... um, laughing and joy. And, and yes, there is redemption, but that's not what this movie is. What this movie really is, is a character study of a person that is going through an addiction due to grief and unrecognized and un um, undealt with grief and how that addiction affects everything in that person's life, including and ripples out into everyone else's life around them. And Watch, And it's, it's about watching this character continue to choose multiple times the thing that's killing him rather than, than find the thing that could actually lead to life and purpose and joy. And it's, it's, it's very, very hard to watch at times. I am not going to lie. There are times when I had to look away from the screen because the choices he was making were so painful to watch. And if you're an empathetic person, if you're an empath like me that really feels these things deeply, it is going to be very hard for you to watch. But Gavin O'Connor is um, a filmmaker that has never shied away from those types of uh, biographical movies where it goes really deep into the really flawed um, lead in the movie and what that means to be a flawed person. So go into this just understanding that this is not going to be a movie that you're just going to find a whole lot of happiness in. Uh, there is, There are moments of joy and there's moments of hope for sure. Um, but it is not a movie where the basketball team is going to win the championship. Matter of fact, we don't even know by the end whether they win or not. Because that's not the point. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the themes that were used throughout this movie. I will start, before I say anything, I want to say... I really, really liked this movie. It was a very, very well-made and very well-written movie. To say that I liked it and insinuate that it was something that I found entertaining would not be the case. I appreciated so much about this movie because it was honest, it was real, it was very well-made, and there are some things that Gavin O'Connor as a director chose to do that are different than a lot of other movies that we see that kind of have the same theme. And when I was listening to the other podcast people talk about this movie and saying that they've seen this movie a million times, no, we have not. I'll tell you that right now, we have not seen this movie a million times. We've seen movies that you think that it might be a million times, but not this one. So the first theme that I want to kind of touch on that this movie deals with is that emotions that are left untouched and buried can literally destroy your life. So, this movie waits until probably halfway through to even show why this character is even in the pain that he's in. The first half of the movie is literally watching him drink himself into a stupor every moment of every day of his existence. He goes and works at a construction job which is terrifying because uh, before he even gets up after, like right after he gets out of bed before he even gets in his car to drive to work he has already had at least one beer in the shower and has drinking beer on the way to work. He's that much of an alcoholic that he is literally cannot function in his life from the moment he wakes up to the moment that he goes to bed without drinking alcohol. So he has a he has a beer in the shower, he has a beers on the way to work so he's, he goes to a construction site literally already under the influence which is terrifying in and of itself um and so we see him do that so the first half of the movie then we see him go to the local bar where he's a regular and drink himself so badly into a drunken stupor that he has another regular that's there Literally have to take him home, walk him up his stairs, get him in his house because he can't walk for himself. So, he the, the first half of the movie is just watching him repeat the same choices over and over and over again. Watch the routine, ma- mundane of this life of an addict where it's literally just about working to get the money to get the beer, to drink the beer, to get up the next day to drink the beer. To then go to work to get more money. I mean, that's what it is. It's just over and over and over and over again. And occasionally, it's thrown in. There's a family that he's got. Um, he's got a sister, a brother-in-law, and two uh, a niece and a nephew. He visits for Thanksgiving. His mother is still alive. He can't get through that without drinking alcohol. He has isolated himself. We don't really understand why. So we start to see this, but then it's not till halfway through in the movie that we realize that his son has actually passed away from cancer, or we assume it's cancer. It does, it's a terminal illness, whatever it was, and he watched his son suffer for a long time before he actually died, and we know that him and his wife are actually separated but it's not until halfway through that we even come to that place of even understanding why he's in the pain that he's in. It's also alluded to that his father, he had a, a strained relationship with his father. Um, he has a strained relationship with the basketball career that he had. He was a star athlete who at his high school peak was, I mean, diff- sparse throughout the movie, you see people that say, oh, I know exactly who you are. I used to watch you play all the time. You were amazing. You were the best. Player that we'd ever seen and so we knew that he was really really great and he had gotten a full ride to a college and decided to turn it down but we we don't even find out that this even happened or or why until after half of the movie because the, the director makes a very deliberate decision to show what an alcoholic's life actually looks like from day to day it is not easy to watch it's very hard to watch but then it's it's not about the why until later So you kind of see the effects of what happens when a person becomes an an, an addict. But then at the last half, you start to understand why this has happened to him. And every reason about why his life is the way that he is is because he has unresolved feelings and emotions for a lot of parts of his life that he has not dealt with, uh, mainly grief over the son that he's lost and that that has passed away. He has not addressed it, he has not acknowledged it he's not even acknowledged that his son is 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 no longer alive basically his family says you never talk about him at all it's like he never even existed it's it's that's how painful it is for him to revisit to even discuss all these things so emotions left untouched and buried can literally destroy your life is a very big theme of this movie that if you are going to be healthy in life as a human being you have to address the emotions of, and the things that are going on in your life that make you feel the way that you feel so that you can talk about them and you can deal with them in a healthy way. Otherwise, they will come out in terrible, terrible ways. And sometimes the feelings that we have is self-loathing. And I kind of talk about that a little bit more and we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. But his feel it's, it's such a cycle when you're watching someone that is literally destroying their life. It's a cycle of, I do the thing to, to keep myself from the pain The thing that I do to keep myself from the pain causes shame. The shame makes me drink more or use more or whatever. And on and on the cycle goes. So it's like untouched emotions dealt with shame. Throw on there, you know, a sense of guilt for all the choices that you've made in your life. And it just becomes this thing that buries you literally in this addiction that you cannot even get out of. And it can destroy everything about your life. So that's one major, major um, theme of this movie. Another major theme to this movie is that purpose is necessary in life, and it is great, but it doesn't make an addict change his behaviors or address the issues that continue to be hidden under the surface. So in this movie, <clears throat> he is given kind of a lifeline, uh, or what others might see as a lifeline, which is you live this life of mundane alcoholism, which at the time when the school asked him to come, the, the head, <clears throat> the the priest, I guess, that's in charge of the school only sees him as this player that school had that he used to have as a student, which was back in the 90s. So it's been a long, long time. He doesn't know anything about the life that he's lived. Even in the beginning when he interviews uh, Jack, uh, Ben Affleck's character Jack for the for the role, he goes, so how was life, are you married? He said, uh, separated. And he goes, do you have any kids? And he says, no kids. This is before we find out that he has a son that has passed away. So we know that when, when he got hired, he has become invisible to a lot of people uh, except for the people that he drinks with on a regular basis and that's also discussed a lot in this in this movie as well but <clears throat> when they hired him on they had no idea the depth of his addiction and how much it had affected his life which it does come out later but um but anyway he's kind of thrown a lifeline and this guy says hey listen I, I need a coach you're the first person that came to my head would you like this opportunity and he goes home that night, Jack does, he goes home that night and he struggles with this decision so much. For probably a good seven minutes, we see him have a case of beer that is on the top shelf of his refrigerator. He puts one can in the freezer and then drinks that can that's in the freezer while another one is chilling in the freezer. So it's just this repetitive pick up a can from the refrigerator, put it in the freezer, take the can from the freezer, drink it. Put the can in the freezer and over and over and over again. And all the while he's talking about going back and and being the coach of this basketball team. And at first he's, he's, he's the whole time he's just saying, no, 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 I don't want to do it in my life. You know, given all the excuses and practicing what he's going to say to this priest, you can tell he's really struggling with it. And we later come to find out it's because basketball was a very big uh, proponent of the relationship that he had with his father. So going back to basketball, it wasn't just about, now I have to get up and actually perform a job that means something to me. But it's also him coming face-to-face into terms with his past and with reconciling the feelings he has about the game of basketball. And then later we found out a little bit about the feelings he has about his father. So he's given this lifeline to do this and he takes it and As he's going through coaching this team, the team starts to win. And a lot of the reason the team wins is not necessarily because he's just a fantastic coach. He's never even coached before. He said it earlier. It's because he knows the game of basketball and he also knows what it's like to be a basketball player. And so he's able to connect on a level with these, with these kids. But they had a coach that literally had, they had not won a game since, or even been a championship team since he was on the team in the 90s and it's set now. So this has been 40 years or uh, 20 years since he's been on the team. So just because he comes in, changes things up, and starts to really take an interest in them winning and, and really tries to teach them how to be better basketball players they actually start to win. And they, it ends up going to all the way down to playoffs. They get into the playoffs. But along the way, what we're watching is an exciting montage of how they're winning and they're doing well. But it's also about him making the choices of whether to drink or whether not to drink. There's a scene in the beginning where he literally is. Something has changed in his life, right? It's not just the same, go to the construction job, come home at night, drink alcohol, get up the next day, drink alcohol. There has been a change introduced into his life and that change is now he has to start being a basketball coach. So it starts to make him question a little bit more the choices that he's making to drink and it shows him going to to a bar, the same bar he goes to every night, he pulls up to the bar, the bartender sees him from outside, he's taking the trash out, he goes, hey Jack, I'll have your regular inside, and he ends up not going inside. And so from that moment on, for a little while, we, see, we don't see that he's drinking, we don't know that he's stopped drinking completely, but that he is definitely becoming more aware of the choices he's making to be an alcoholic. And that's because he has purpose, and the purpose is he's trying to be a basketball coach that's going to lead these kids to winning games. So it is necessary, it is necessary because it makes him think outside of himself. Um, But just having purpose in your life, and purpose can be anything from being a basketball coach to being a parent to having a job to um, going to church on Sundays or whatever your case might be. Just having that purpose is not a substitute for actually dealing with the hard work of dealing with your emotions um, it doesn't address the issues that's under the surface and yes it can make and for a while in this movie we see the redemption that's like look at this as as this team is doing better he's doing better we can see him making changes in his life so yes it is great and it's necessary but it doesn't make it him change everything about his choices because eventually what's going to happen is that high of the of the good that's happening eventually back is going to come the the drop in the feelings and emotions when something hits you from reality. Um, That kind of makes you think, and that's exactly what happens. Um, So the other thing is, the other theme is there's no substitute for the relief of taking responsibility for your actions and apologizing to someone that you've hurt. Anytime that you make a decision for yourself, whether it's to be, whether it's to get a divorce, whether it's to, um, um, you know, if you're an alcoholic, whatever the case is, when it's, when it's something negative that you've done to yourself, usually that is not done in a vacuum. It is done as, with a ripple effect, especially when you are in the throes of addiction. Addiction has a huge ripple effect to everybody in your life because there are people in your life that are watching you do things to yourself that are, that are painful to see. And you do things in the midst of that pain that cause you to do even more things that are hurtful. And one of the things that I've heard is there is necessary suffering in life, and then there's unnecessary suffering in life. For him, for this character Jack, the necessary suffering was the grief of losing his son that he loved and watched die before his very eyes. The unnecessary suffering is what happens when you're dealing with the necessary suffering in bad ways. So the unnecessary suffering is the alcoholism and the drinking to cope with emotions. And as a result of that, you now have suffering that includes hangovers, weight, you can't run, uh, it's terrible on your body. You have people that you say things to that you don't realize what you say because you're drunk or you're high. You lose your marriage. You say horrible things to your wife in the throes of her own grief. There's, there's all these things that he's done in his own life that have rippled out. And his, his niece and nephew that put him on a pedestal have watched him suffer and, and watched him be an alcoholic. And he has to deal with all of those things in this movie. And, um, and eventually, instead of just overlooking the addiction and just doing better on the surface, he starts to actually address the things that he needs to do to take responsibility, what he has done to the people in his life. And he starts with his wife and he apologizes to her. And that moment of apology and accepting responsibility in our lives is so very important. And I'm so glad that it was included in this movie because an apology, this, this, this apology scene does not last all that time. It doesn't have to be this huge speech that you give to somebody. It's literally just saying to somebody, And what he was sorry for, for his wife, was I didn't honor our son and take care of him because I didn't take care of his mother after he he had died. And I'm so sorry for that. That's, That's really all that he said. All that she needed to hear was that he understood that. So I think that in life, I think that it's very important that not only do we get better and and make better choices, but we also acknowledge when the pain that our choices have caused, what what are the pain that our choices have caused others and to go accept responsibility for that. And I'm so glad that this movie touched on that. Um, Another theme is that addiction is a self-centered and self-deprecating illness. It is an illness. Um, I 100% believe that. I believe that there's a certain point when someone chooses um, to... Um, numb pain with with exterior things, Um, some of those things are substances, sometimes it's something else. I believe that that is a choice in the beginning, but I think especially when it is an addiction, um, especially when it's a chemical addiction on something like alcohol or um, pain medication or illegal substances or whatever, it becomes an illness in and of itself and it is a very self-centered and self-deprecating illness. So it, is, it, re- it, it requires, in order to stay in that place of being an addict, you, ha- you cannot think about what other people feel because if you do, it makes you feel worse. So it requires a certain level of, I'm only gonna think about myself. And you might not do that as an addict consciously, but it does happen. But in the throes of that, it's also very, you are also very self-deprecating because there's nobody in this world that is more in pain because of that person's addiction than the addict themselves. Because whatever anybody around them can say, they, they keep it in their head, and it's the thoughts in their head that you can tell in this movie that Jack is struggling with. There are so many unspoken ways that he feels about himself. And then when someone, there's a couple of times when people call him out on behaviors and they say something to him, and his response is just to bite back and to um, defend himself and uh, you know even though he knows that there's what they're saying is true he can't accept it and he can't acknowledge it so it's it's not about me accepting it what I'm gonna do is be the victim because all y'all everybody around me is just it's unfair um, I hate coming over here because this is all you ever say he says that in the movie he says you know this is BS this is you know just let me it, it, to him the, the, result, the result of his own illness and the result of his own addiction is people holding him accountable for his actions, and even that is something that he can't stand, and, and eventually it does get to him, but but it's definitely something that shows that addiction is very self-centered. Um, so another theme is watching the pain of the repetition, repetition of addiction is very, very painful. If you've ever watched somebody in your life that has been in the cycle of an addictive um, uh, behavior, um, it is very hard to watch because you want from the outside know what that choice is going to do. And these being an addict is a series of choices. Every day, you make choices every day, you make choices to go out and take that drink, you make choices to go out and take that take that hit, you make choices to spend your money on this one thing when you don't have any. You know, you're making these choices constantly, and you from the outside looking in can see what all these choices are going to do. And it is no more evol- Oh my gosh. And when you're watching this movie, he continues to make choices that are just so hard because you know that that choice is going to lead to something that's going to be very, very bad. But in the moment... The repetition is what he knows, and that's what you know addicts kind of know, so it's like but watching it from the outside, looking in, oh my gosh it's so painful. There are parts of this movie, like I said, I had to turn my head um because not because it was bad or it was bloody or gory or anything like that there's a scene um I know one scene where he is um, he goes into so we we know that his son is um has has passed away. And in the, in the movie there are family members of of kids, other kids that they had been in the hospital with. So we know that his son might not have been gone for all that long um, at, at the movie, but because there were still kid, other kids that were still sick and battling their own illnesses, and uh, they got him and his wife got to know other parents that were in this hospital. And so they try to continue to engage him, some of these other parents, and in one of the scenes, um, he actually goes to a birthday party for another one of the little boys, and of course, he completely decides to numb his pain over the grief of losing his son, so when he goes back to these events, they're especially hard for him to deal with because he hasn't dealt with any of the grief or any of the emotion that's come with or the loss of his son. So to see another kid have his birthday is really, really hard for him, but there's another scene where, actually, the kid that has the birthday um, he's doing well and then all of a sudden he takes a turn for the worse and him and his wife go to support the couple in the hospital. He's never been inside a hospital, or hadn't been inside of a hospital since his son died and he can't handle it and it's it, he, he ends up leaving and he sees that there is a, a grieving couple in front of him and in a better situation and in a better mindset, he could be a great help to that couple because he's been there and he's done that, but what he instead chooses is to leave and then of course this is after several weeks of what we assume is making better choices. I don't think he completely becomes sober. I, we don't know, but we do know that he's there for a very short period of time. When the basketball team is winning, he's doing well. And then he we show he leaves the hospital in a rush to go straight into the bar and just begin drinking in the middle of the day, which leads to some very terrible outcomes. Um, But we know that as we're watching this movie that he's going to do that, and we just know that we're gonna have to watch what's gonna happen, and it's a very painful outcome. Um, And then um, the other theme is mirrors in the life of an addict, and by mirrors, I mean people that are the mirrors to your behavior or the, the addict's behavior are incredibly important in an, in an addict's life and speaking out when you see something in an addict is essential, um, especially to that person. Because a lot of times we have a tendency to ignore behavior that we see in someone else um, because we don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever, but when it comes to an addict, and this this movie does a really good job of that because when it comes to being an addict, in the way that this character, Jack, is an addict. When you are spending every waking moment of your life drinking alcohol, because you can't even wake up and function in your in your life without having alcohol in your system, there's some very serious um, safety consequences that come from that. Number one, um, there's a scene where his sister, who we can tell his sister sees what he is and, and really tries to address it with him. There's a scene where He actually ends up um, on this bender that he goes on after he leaves the hospital. He ends up becoming so inebriated, he walks into the wrong house and doesn't even realize he's in the wrong house. He falls from the porch of the house, which this is a coastal town, so all these um, houses are heightened on stilts. He ends up falling onto the street, knocks himself out unconscious, and wakes up in the hospital the next day, and she says, is this what you're gonna do? just continue to kill yourself because that's what's going to happen. There's a scene where he actually shows up at one of the basketball practices drunk from the night before. This was on a different different night. He's drunk from the night before, and he cannot. Uh, everybody smells alcohol in his breath. Well, he ends up, and this is a spoiler alert, but he does end up losing his job as, as the basketball coach because the other coach sees it, and has addressed this issue a couple of times with him and he's ignored him and now he has to bring in the priest the person that brought him on in the first place to tell him you cannot be around these kids if you're going to be an alcoholic because it's unsafe for them so he's got all these mirrors and and I think this is where the basketball team the the boys of the basketball team are used very very well because this this movie is not about this basketball team. There there is there are scenes in it where you do see them win and it's very exciting to watch, but these boys are mirrors in his life and so there's there's scenes where he cannot stop cursing. He uses curse words like crazy. Well, he works as a Catholic uh, the a pre uh, a basketball coach of a Catholic school. So there's a, there's a chaplain that goes to all the boys' games. And he sits down with them and he says, you cannot talk like that. Um, so and then these boys emulate his behavior because they see him acting a certain way and that he so he sees them acting a way based on what they see him do. So when it comes to an addict, the mirrors in their life, the people that are going to be the one that reflect the image that they need to see are so very important. If you have an addict in your life that is in throes of addiction, please do not ignore it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't pretend like it's not happening, because if you're seeing painful consequences that are coming from their life, you might not change their behavior, but you at least need to say something and then remove them from the situations that are causing pain to themselves or others, especially if they're unsafe. So I loved that there was people that do that. And you know what? Those little mirrors, those little reflections he sees throughout the movie aren't even what what takes him to the next level and even chooses to try to get better. Because at the end of the movie, we know that he does go to rehab. We don't know the outcome of even what happened to the basketball team, because that's not the point. We don't know that his his marriage was remedied. We know that he apologized to his, his wife. We don't know what happened with that, because that's not the point. The point is is that he got to the end where he realized that he couldn't deal with this anymore by himself and that this addiction was going to overtake him if he didn't do something about it. But all those little mirrors... While none of them personally were the reason he stopped using alcohol it, it got to the point where he was put in a situation he didn 't really have a choice. but all those little mirrors meant something they added up to a lot because it gave him the it made him remember in his head all the ways that he had all the things that people had said, the things that he'd said to people while in the throes that he wanted to be in denial about and so it did help him lead to the place where he realized he had to make a decision. And so it there's I think that that's a very good theme of this movie. Um, so the the kids in this movie, there there is a couple of times where he is able to help these kids based on his own experience. His relationship with his father seemed to have been Pretty strained, his father was not in this movie i 'm assuming that he he had passed away at some point but and he doesn 't really talk about it all that much, but you can tell that he 's got an issue with being a father himself and how he handled the death of his son, being a son himself, and how he handled the relationship with his father, and how he handles other father figures in this movie and how he also handles being a father figure of these kids in this movie so there 's a big theme of, of that throughout the movie which I really thought that um, Gavin o 'Connor did a great job of, of depicting so um, this movie was really great and um, it was it was so well done. But I just want to set you up for the right expectations. If you're going to see a Facing the Giants type movie where you see the team come back from behind and the coach's life is salvaged and everything is great, that's not what you're going to find because that's not real life. And that's not the reason he made this movie. Um, so I just I have to commend Ben Affleck. His, his acting in this movie was absolutely stellar. Everybody in this movie acted... The, the acting was stellar. The, um, the editing was stellar. Um, you could tell... There was a lot of little nuances um, that you kind of that gave you such a great feeling for what this character is really going through. For example, when he's in the shower, you see him use his his uh, drink his beer, but then he goes to get his soap. This little pathetic sliver of Irish spring that is left. He spent all of his money on alcohol. He can't even afford to buy a nice bar of soap. He doesn't even care. This this soap has gotten to the point where you can barely even use it, but it doesn't even matter to him because that's how much in, of an addict he is. And there's all these little touches in the movie that go to really speak to that and, and paint this picture of what being an addict is, is truly like on a day-to-day basis. and I know it's not something that all of us might wanna see, but there there might be somebody in your family that's going through that, or so a friend of yours that has a family member that's going through that. So being able to, to empathize with that person, this movie is a really great tool to do that. So highly suggest going to see it. There is cuss words aplenty, so don't take kids unless you just really want to hear, you just really want them to hear the word F-bomb and G-D and all kinds of stuff that's, uh, thrown throughout the movie. But uh, to be honest with you, the cursing is actually addressed in this movie and is actually one of the focal points of it is how we talk means something. And so that's at least a redeem, a redeeming reason to have it in there. And so it's not just a movie to cuss just to cuss. I mean, there's, there's, there's a point to it, which I think is f- uh, phenomenal. Um, so anyway, go see this movie. It is definitely one that you need to see. And you know, I'm, I'm really rooting for Ben Affleck on this one. Not just in this movie, but in his life. It, it, there, it gives me no greater joy than to watch somebody um, come from below and come up after a failure um, or multiple failures and really try to make their life something better. Um, that, that takes a lot of courage, and I, I commend him for it. So anyway, go see this movie. It's called The Way Back. Um, and uh, until next time, thanks.